Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. This is Podcast 251 to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. Hopefully you're having a great week. This was a webinar week for me doing four or five hour webinars at a pop. And a quick note there, if you want a webinar for your team, let me know at Kurt, K-O-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And of course, the official website is MaximizeYourInfluence.com. So I don't know what it is about webinars. I think they take more energy than an actual seminar. You know, my webinar set up, I'm actually sitting in a lazy boy, which it can be dangerous, but <laughs> to fall asleep, I think it just takes more energy because you can't see people. You have to be a lot more energetic and animated for people to stay tuned. Versus when you're live face-to-face, it feels like that creates more energy. The audience gives you more energy. Big difference. So let me know what you think about that. I'm thinking webinars take more energy, even though you're sitting down in a lazy boy, at least I am versus a seminar. So thanks for being here today on our road to increase your persuasion IQ. In fact, if you want to know your persuasion IQ, we put up a new website called takeyouriq.com. Actually give you a bonus for taking your IQ. That's the new abbreviated version if you don't want the full 50 question version. This one's quick. Probably take you three or four minutes to find out kind of where you rank with your persuasion IQ and we will let you know those results. So let's kick off today and start with listener email. Oh, boy. This one is from Edna from Connecticut. And she says, Kurt, love the show. Listen to it loyally. It's really changed my life, but I've got a couple of bones to pick with you. Uh-oh. All right, let me have it. First of all, my name is Edna, and I'm an aunt. And you're always making fun of Aunt Edna. That offends me. Please tell me about your Aunt Edna and why you keep mocking that name. All right, that's number one. Number two, I tuned in last week for episode 250 and expecting a great bonus, and there wasn't a bonus. You always give a bonus on the Landmark shows. Okay, Edna, well, let's tackle those. First of all, yeah, I probably should give it a bonus on episode 250. I thought about after I've recorded the show, but I'll tell you what. Anybody that wants to repost the show on any of the social media they have, and let me know at my email, Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Let me know where you post it and where to send your bonus. And what's your bonus? I will give you my audio series on millionaire psychology, which is self-persuasion, which is mindset. The secret being, if you want to be successful, you want to be a millionaire, start thinking, acting, and doing what other millionaires do. And that's one of my best-selling series. Give it to you. Just repost this show or any of the shows, maybe your favorite show on your social media, and we'll give you that bonus. How's that, Edna? And as far as Aunt Edna's concerned, apologies, I guess. I'm not making fun of you personally, but I'll let you know where Aunt Edna came from. I don't know if you were a Chevy Chase fan or if you ever saw the original Vacation they had to take Aunt Edna on a road trip. It was mean, negative, derogatory, had nothing positive to say, and would suck the life out of you. And that's my reference to Aunt Edna. Bad things happened to Aunt Edna along the way. Watch the movie. Check it out. Tell me what you think. 
So that's where Aunt Edna comes from. And I don't name names. I have people in my family like that, just like you do. So don't take it personally. Do not take it personally. But that's why I use Aunt Edna. So that's the email of the week. Time to get to our blunder. Homer? Don't, don't, don't. All right. This one's kind of unique and different. Didn't happen to me. This is from Monster.com. I got an area for blunders and sales blunders. Just want to share a few of those with you. So this guy goes into a major department store chain. He's the buyer for this big order. He comes in. It's the first meeting. And to break the ice, he asks, is that a photo of your daughter? You know where this is going. The buyer slowly turned, looking at the photo on the wall. That's my 13-year-old son. (laughs) Be careful with that one. I don't think you can really recover from something like that. Another one here is leaving a message to a doctor's assistant trying to get an appointment and then thought he had hung up. And meanwhile, he was testing a new headset. It wasn't working out. And he spewed out a lot of profanity, which was recorded. Luckily, he said they joked about it later and they actually did business. So I think you can take away from some of those that you got to be very careful about what you ask and what you do and what you say. Because ultimately, that will turn into a blunder. So send me your blunders. Send me your blunders. Let me know some of the things you've done. I've shared some of my blunders. Because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we get better. So before we get to today's content, which is mind control, let's get into our geeky article. From Journal of Research in Personality. This one might be a duh factor, but it also helps us think about some things we should be doing that we know we should be doing that we aren't doing. It says exercise changes your personality. And they say for the better. Being more physically active makes people more extroverted, conscientious, agreeable, and open to new experience, which are all things that are going to make you more persuasive. They talked about this exercise leading to higher consciousness being more extroverted, having more positive emotions, being more creative, being more intelligent, and things became easier to learn. Now, this study followed 6,000 middle-aged people for over two decades, a long time. And they also found out on the flip side that when you're not exercising, you become less agreeable, more introverted, less open to experience, and less conscious. And deep down, we all know this. We say, well, I don't have time to exercise. And I've talked about this before on the show, that exercise gives you more time. You live longer, sleep less, think better, are more influential. And I mentioned a list of things in this study. It's important. Even if it's just simple exercise, getting out, getting that heart rate up makes a huge difference. Find the time and it will give you more time and you'll be more influential And it's that simple from our friends at the Journal of Research and Personality. Exercise changes your personality for the better. And I'm going to add makes you more influential. So my last seminar that I did, a lot of questions about mind control, morals, ethics. And I'll leave the moral and ethics up to you. Anything I teach you you can be used for great good or great evil. But there's a real negative side to mind control. Getting people into a cult or manipulation. There's some real negative old school things. So I'm going to start with... Some of the real negative things that can happen that people are doing to mind control, get people in a cult, get them to do things that they don't want to do, do things that can actually hurt them. So let's start with the really negative. First thing to do is us versus the enemy, right? They create an enemy. Everything we do is against the enemy. It could be government. It could be a law. It could be a social cause. Any of those things, if there's an enemy, everybody rallies around that. 
Then they'll do anything to crank up your emotions. Anger, like against the enemy. Fear about what's happening on the outside. Fear about your future. Fear what's going to happen if you leave. Guilt is a big one. Sometimes you have to do a confession in front of the group. All the bad things you did, you feel the guilt, you feel the shame. That can be very manipulative. And part of their goal is to separate you from your old life. You can't talk to your family and friends. There's no more communication. They might have you sell your house and donate it to the cause. That type of separation, isolation can really get people to hold on to the group because that's all they have. There's nowhere to go. And that's where they really crank up the fear and the feeling comes there's nowhere else to go. They'll do anything to decrease individuality from uniforms to everyone sleeping in the same room, no more privacy. And within that realm, there'll be a lot of repetition here. The same messages over and over and over again. They're going to use peer pressure where everyone else is doing it. You can't go against the group. They add what's called, this is an actual term called love bombing. Okay, look it up where... They create a sense of family. There's physical touch. There's thought. There's feeling. There's sharing. There's belonging. There's emotional bonding. You're sharing moments. And if you go against the group, of course, that ceases. And everyone's so hungry. If you remember the law of esteem for maximum influence, people want to be part of a group. They want that boost their self-esteem. You're going to see change of diet. And when that happens, that can change mental and physical energy. Your mental clarity can change. Another interesting one they call time sensory deprivation, where you have no idea what time it is. Especially if you're inside, is the sun up, is the sun down, there's no watches. You really don't know what time it is. And all this kind of brings in the fear of alienation. Want to keep being part of the group, nowhere to go. Then they crank up the fatigue, with not only with the time deprivation, but with sleep deprivation. And when you get tired mentally and physically... You're less alert. You're more susceptible to persuasion. In fact, there's a research study in the Journal of Experimental Psychology that talks about those who had not slept for 21 hours were more susceptible to suggestion. So sleep deprivation, not interesting. Maybe try that on your teenagers. Maybe not. (laughs) That would be an interesting one to try. Those are the dark side of manipulation and mind control, time or sleep deprivation, the removal of privacy, That fear of alienation, the love bombing, being part of the group. Getting you to follow these silly, strict rules, but everybody does it. It makes no sense. You just get used to following the rules, even though it makes no sense. And it's probably not that big of a deal. It could be a simple greeting. It could be only taking your hat off to go to bed. Just little rules along the way to start getting their foot in the door, to start getting you obedient while they're doing all these other different techniques. Now, I'm not teaching you these so you can do them, but you might see these And people that are in abusive relationships, whether it be physically abusive or mentally abusive, if you really want to know what cults do, those are the big ones that cults do on that mind control manipulation. And it's very difficult for people to get out of those situations because they're getting hit with so many things. And after a while, there's really nowhere else to go, nothing else to do. It's very difficult to start thinking for themselves because now they're trying to get them to think as part of a group. Now, when we talk about mind control, we can go to the extreme like we talked about, but there are other things like those subconscious triggers that can control the mind, that can steer the mind in the right direction, that you can use strategically to persuade and influence people. And some of these come from NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. We talked about that in episode 116. Remember, you have access to the archives for free at InfluenceUniversity.com. Along with our intense advanced PhD programs are also located there. 
One thing that you can use in the realm of mind control or subconscious triggers, whatever you want to call it, is priming. That's the atmosphere. That's setting the expectations. And I learned this one by accident. I was doing a seminar. And one of the things I do in a the longer three-day seminars, people stand up, they introduce themselves, and they describe the animal that best describes their personality and why. The main reason for this exercise is not only get to know the person, but the other half of the audience gets to judge the other side of the room on their first impressions, like ability, trustworthiness, etc. Things that you don't want to know, but you do need to know. It was interesting at this one seminar, everyone seemed to be some type of a cat. Lion, tiger, house cat. I mean, the list go on. The majority of the audience was a cat. And that had never happened before. And I couldn't figure it out. I had no idea what was going on until I came back from lunch and looked at the walls leading into the seminar room were pictures of various cats. That's priming. You can trigger feelings and thoughts just by placing things in front of people. In some stores, you just feel the need to buy. You go into a Nike store. You feel like you can win the gold medal. So you give students taking a math test a question to answer before they take it. Now, first of all, they made it really easy to cheat on this math test. They just want to see if they would cheat, but they were priming them. The first group was asked, recall two books you read in high school. The other group was asked to recall two books out of the Bible. Of course, the Bible group was much less likely to cheat. That's priming. Another group was giving these word puzzles. They were scrambled. They were trying to figure out these sentences. And half the participants were giving really rude words. Obnoxious, aggressive, annoying, disturb, interrupt, impolite. The other group was doing the same puzzle, but with different words. Polite words like respect, courteous, considerate, polite, behaved. <laughs> Interesting. And they were told when they were done to go talk to the proctor. And as they went to the proctor, the proctor was already talking to somebody. And they were instructed to keep talking until they interrupted. And that was the study. How fast would they interrupt? And it's interesting that the rude words were 5.5 minutes on average. And the ones doing the flight words were 9.3 minutes on average. That is priming. Or if I show you a group of numbers, for example, 8 times 7 times 6 times 5 times 4 times 3 times 2 times 1, and ask you to estimate in 5 seconds, not calculate, but estimate what that number would be. And then compare that to the group that was giving the same numbers, but in the reverse order. 1 times 2 times 3 times 4 times 5 times 6 times 7 times 8. All right, estimate the number. Now, logically, we all know it's going to be the same number. But remember, there was no calculator here. The group with the 1 in front, average was 512 in estimations. The one with the 8 in the front was 2,250. Four times more for the same numbers. The sad note is the real number is 4,320 but maybe we need to work on our math skills. Another interesting study, scientists were instructed to get volunteers to work with sentences about old people. They thought it was some type of language proficiency test. Now, what happened when they were talking about old people and getting old and moving to Florida? They found that those students, compared to the ones that were the control group talking about hip young college students, the ones with the old people words walked slower than the students that were giving the other words. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? And you can use this. If you get people to start thinking about success and victory and using your product and service and how it's going to work out, that's priming. Otherwise, you're going to default to, what if it doesn't work? What if I get taken advantage of? You have to prime them to get them in the right mindset. You've got to be in the right mindset to be able to influence them. And here's another study. We've talked about this on the show before. This was done at Yale. 
right? Because this one's hard to believe. This is really interesting. So they took a neutral temperature day, average spring temperature day. They'd go to people and say, hey, will you do a quick survey? First would say, sure. They're like, all right, hold my drink for a few minutes. Half were given a cold, icy drink, and the other half were given a warm, hot drink to hold. That was the only difference in the whole study. And later, they were asked to evaluate the person doing their survey. Hmm. They were holding a cold drink, they were cold and distant. If they were holding a hot drink, they were warm and friendly. Believe it or not, interesting, that's known as priming, which you can use strategically in a good way, making it win-win and help people influence themselves. Because you know I'm a big believer that you have a moral and ethical obligation to persuade people. Because if you don't, someone's going to take advantage of them, take their money from them, not going to solve their problem. If you believe in your product and service, you know they need it, you can help them, you can serve them. It's okay to use influence tools. Another one we talk about frequently on the show is colors. White pills are rated weaker than black pills. We know that people taking sleeping pills, they were testing them out. Half took an orange pill, half took a blue pill. The blue pill, they reported falling asleep 30 minutes faster than the orange pill. In another study, subjects were told they were going to get a sedative or a stimulant. Actually, it was neither. It was just a sugar pill. It was a placebo. Here's what's interesting. 66% of the subjects who took the blue pills reported feeling less alert compared to the 26% who took the pink pills. Blue equals sleep. That's a subconscious trigger. I mean, red tends to stimulate appetite. Yellow is the first color that triggers in the brain. Pink has a calming color. We've talked about that on the show. Remember the University of Iowa Football, visiting room, locker team, everything's pink. The toilets, the lockers, the walls, <laughs> because it has a calming effect on people. Color's a real one we don't think about a lot of times. That can control the mind. There's even an NLP technique called pacing and leading. It's pretty simple. You're getting three yeses. That's the pacing. Then you lead them with that fourth thing. That's what you want them to believe. When you get people to start saying yes, the second yes, the third yes, gets easier and easier. The simple ones first can be very beneficial in the influence process. We've talked about verbal packaging, that every word matters. Every word you use can attract or repel. In fact, in one study, social psychologists send out surveys to registered voters. Half the recipients were asked that if it was important to vote, and the other half were asked if it was important to be a voter. It doesn't seem like much of a difference, but the people who read the word voter were nearly 14% more likely to vote on election day. Why, you ask? Well, using the word voter caused people to identify themselves with the word. Since the people considered themselves to be voters, they were more likely to get out and vote. Another study was done showing pictures of basketball players and asked people to estimate their height. First group, how tall is he? The second group, how short is he? 12-inch difference in estimations. They have this recording of cars crashing into each other, and they show three separate groups this crash to get them to estimate how fast they were going. And here's the only difference. The first group, how fast were they going when they contacted? The second group, how fast were they going when they hit? The third group, how fast were they going when they smashed into each other? You know what's going to happen. 10-mile-an-hour difference between contacted and smashed. So you could do this in an ethical, subtle way, triggering the right subconscious triggers. I'm not endorsing the ones we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, but you can really understand all these subconscious triggers. And I talk about all these in my book, Maximum Influence, that details the different areas of influence. And one final one, presuppositions, that's also a form of NLP, basically presupposing 
that they're going to do it. And that's a key thing for an influencer is that you have to talk in a way where they can see themselves do it. They can see it, taste it, touch it, feel it. Things like, do you want me to bring lunch to the meeting? That presupposes there's going to be a meeting. When you want the couch sent, presupposes you're going to buy the couch. Should I call you Tuesday or Wednesday? Presupposes that you want to talk. Your first class will start on Monday. Means you're signing up for the class. Now, this has a high lactose, high cheesy factor to it. If you lead with something like this, like a car salesperson, you're going to love how this car handles in the mountain. It will backfire. It's very cheesy. But once you've identified what's in it for them and you've started the influence process and you start using presupposition, using the right words, it can become very, very influential. So mind control, let me know what you think. I did talk about the negative versus the positive things that you can do to subtly change minds. That's what mind control is. You're changing minds. But we're doing it in a different way using persuasion, motivation, influence, negotiation tools to lead people where they need to go to help solve their problems. That's what influence does. So that's our show for today. Remember, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Facebook, all under Maximize Your Influence. Hit the like buttons. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your family, friends, and enemies. Do appreciate your comments at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. These skills change lives. These are the skills we should have learned in school So master these skills, learn how to influence, and go out and persuade with power.